This is Rugga Matrix America. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Alex Goff, editor-in-chief of RugbyMag.com, joined as usual by Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean. We also have a great guest for our show this week, but first of all, Pat and Bruce, uh, how's it going? It's good. The Royals are out of the playoffs, so I'm sad, but my Chiefs are going to beat Bruce's Giants this weekend, so that makes me a little I saw bit happier. You, I saw you try to uh, get Bruce to do a bet on that. but Yeah, you know, he doesn't he apparently isn't willing to get topless on Facebook. He's not willing to put that on the line. He wanted me to get topless in a cowboy hat on Facebook. <laughs> And the fact of the matter is, that's like, in in another community, they may call me a bear. So I'm not doing that. But to do that, you have to be wearing a man's cowboy hat, and I don't think you were. I have a man's cowboy. Are you crazy? <laughs> my head is so big, it's like putting – they don't have boxes as big as my head. So there's no such thing as a female cowboy hat that is the size of something that can get on my, my dome. You see how much hair they have in Texas? Right? They might have hair, yeah. I go, I go on bald, and I'm fitting in. You know, I, my cowboy hat should be sized eight. I'm stuffing in the seven and seven eights, stuffing yeah, it on my it is perched on top of your head. All right, we we it's are like a pee on a watermelon. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back. We will be talking to Eric Jerpy, director of rugby, head coach for Wheeling Jesuit University, and we'll talk a little bit about varsity rugby in America. This is Rugga Matrix America. Rugby fans, don't forget that the USA Sevens International Rugby Tournament is not that far off, but it's not too soon to start clearing your calendar for the biggest rugby party on U.S. soil. The USA Sevens will bring 16 of the best international teams to Las Vegas on January 24th to 26th. Yeah, it's two weeks earlier this time, and don't forget, there's also the Las Vegas Invitational. You're a rugby fan, and you're also a rugby player, and the LVI has competitive opportunities for Sevens, Fifteens, Young, Old, and in between. High level, or just here for the fun. It's all in Las Vegas. Everybody's here for the fun in Las Vegas. Go to usasevens.com for more. Hey, we're back on the show, and we are with Eric Jerpy. Hey, Eric, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Well, thank you for having me this evening. Eric, you're, you, were given the, uh, you were given the job of running the Wheeling Jesuit program uh, out there in West Virginia when they started um, the varsity program. And, you know, well, my first question was, did you have any rugby players to work with, or did you have to start from scratch? Uh, actually, start from scratch. Um, I interviewed for the job on December 10th, was offered the position on January 10th, and my official start was May 1st of 2012. And there was no rugby program at the school. There hadn't been one there for approximately 18 to 20 years prior to that. Uh, there was a few kids on campus that were interested, but no one with any experience whatsoever. So when we talk about a varsity rugby program, I mean that that's one of the things that anytime we start talking about, uh, you know, the future of rugby is like, oh, well, you know, make it varsity uh, uh, on college campuses, and you start to get all these things. And I guess the big question for you is, 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 is it? Is it all just sort of this perfect paradise of rugby once you become varsity? 
Uh, no, far from it. Um, I've gotten many comments that my salary is a quarter of a million. People think I'm getting paid, um, unlimited budget, things of that nature, and couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, and there's a lot of debate going on what's varsity, what's club. Um, there are club organizations that have a larger budget than what I have to work with. Uh, the big thing I see is we're under the athletic department, and we're not student-run. We're run by myself, uh, which has some consistency with the program, opposed to the, the student-athlete who's changing over every four years. You, I mean, you do have scholarships to work with, though, right? Correct. Yeah. The school has allowed us, um, as a startup program, to offer scholarships to incoming uh, freshmen and transfer students. Um, it helps tremendously, I'm not going to lie, in recruiting and getting some of the better players. Um, it's something to entice them. In, what kind of, I mean, are we talking about, um, you know, we got your books covered, are we talking, you can go, if, if you and Lindenwood and Life are all fighting for some player, you can go out and try and outbid those guys. What kind of scholarships are we talking uh, actually, we just played Lindenwood and was talking to Ron out there. Our scholarship program is a little different than Life and Lindenwood. Uh, I'm about able to offer incoming students uh, $9,000 a year. Um, theirs are a little more where they're able to um, adjust accordingly. Uh, there's a lot of talk at Wheeling Jesuit about how they're going to change the scholarship program as well. So it's not an unlimited fund where I can just go buy a player if I see him. They also have to be able to um, furnish the rest for financial means as well as meet the academic requirements of the school. What, um, which, what does it cost to go to Wheeling? It's uh, lock, stock, and barrel. If I'm not mistaken, it's approximately 32000 a year. That includes room and board. Eric, do you find that the rugby players raise the academic profile of the school or bring it down. Like one of the things I spoke to Dan about is he can use rugby because most of the high school students are playing at Catholic schools, essentially, who generally have higher academic standards. A lot of them are Jesuit schools, especially the better ones, that it could raise the academic profile of the school through rugby. It, are you finding that the rugby players are incoming with higher SAT scores than possibly the, the the regular student has, or are they coming in even or below? Uh, I'd say there's a wide range. I'd say most of them even, some slightly above. Um, I wouldn't say anything below because they do have their um, academic requirements. So uh, last year was our first year. Um, the freshman class, like any incoming freshman, it was a big adjustment, first going to college, second, playing at a D1AA level, which we classified ourselves as, and two, just the pressure of a new program at the university. So were they at the highest grades at the end of the first semester? No. By second semester, they were in accordance with everybody else um, and all the other athletic programs of the university. I'm looking and we're putting, I have a background in education and making a big push and emphasis on the academic needs that these kids have to meet to first attend and then maintain their scholarships at the university. So how much, how much time and effort do you have to spend in, in keeping track of a player's academic performance? 
Uh, it varies. Um, I'd say roughly about an hour a week just to make sure everything's going well. And then during midterms and finals, it's a little more, making sure that they're at, doing end-of-the-year interviews, mid-season interviews, uh, checking with their teachers and professors, um, being notified by their teachers and professors. Um, so I'd say roughly about an hour a week with a little bit more at certain times of the year. Eric, did you coach – did you coach one of these classic college clubs where you were a volunteer coach ever of, of your typical college team? Yeah, I worked prior. I coached at uh, quite a few of the local colleges around the Pittsburgh area. Um, um, everything from Carnegie Mellon University of Pittsburgh, uh, Slippery Rock University, and California University of PA. Also involved with the ARU collegiate select side. Back uh, years ago, and also worked as a manager for the U-17 national team in its last year of existence with Sean O'Leary. So what what's easier? There's pros and cons to both. Um, club team, probably a little easier, but then you don't have the expectation. Uh, varsity, you're not only required to coach, organization, administrate, but also I'm finding out there's a lot more time spent with the players on an individual basis, helping them with other things that are going on in their lives, uh, most more closely monitoring academics, things of that nature. Um, it's much easier, I'd say, the club, varsity, there's a lot more involved than just going out, blowing the whistle, and scheduling games. What are, you, what are your demands on your players in a typical week? Say, all right, this week you played Kutztown, next week you play Penn State, What's going on? What do you got? What do you do? Saturday the game's over. Whatever happened, happened. Now what's going? Well, after Saturday, uh, travel back or for at home. Uh, Sunday consists of in the morning we have a pool session for 45 minutes to an hour, followed by film. Uh, the kids then are given off till Monday evening uh, for studies. Monday evening we usually do an hour of some type of fitness training throughout the week. Uh, Tuesday through Thursday, they're required. There's designated lifting times at the gym and then training from 4 to 6. Friday is usually a captain's run from 5, from 4 to 5, unless we are traveling, and then Saturday's game day. That's that's a definitely pretty rigorous. They almost don't have, they don't have any days off, so it's, uh, it's relatively serious. Um, what do you do in your preseason? How do you organize that? Is, do they come in early, and, and how does that go for you? I, I'm just asking out of general interest. We had them come in uh, two weeks early last year. This year they came in two and a half weeks early. We actually went away for four days just to do team building and bonding experience, um, basically a camping-like trip where um, a very unique situation. We were outside the entire time. We weren't in dorms or rooms or anything of that nature, so the – Students were forced to interact. They weren't able to, like, get in little cliques or groups and huddle in rooms. They were always together in an outdoor setting. Uh, we then came back to the university, had basically two weeks of preseason training. Uh, first week were three days, and then we uh, shaved it down to two days. Do you give them all for the first day of deer hunting season? I know that's big stuff uh, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I know that you can't be – I know the first day. Just, I'm not saying a lot, but the first day of deer hunting season, you got to give them off or, or they're going to have a mutiny on you. 
uh, first day of hunting seasons, day after the, um, Monday after Thanksgiving. By that time, we're already done, and then the off season program. Yeah, so you dodge a bullet, Eric. So do you feel like you you look at this now and you recruited you recruited a bunch of uh, good rugby players and some you know good athletes and you got some good athletes that were on campus. Mm-hmm. Do you look around? Um, and, and and your your team is mostly freshmen and sophomores now, right? To mo- mostly young guys. Okay. Do you look around and say, "All right, yeah. we should win"? Do you feel that way? Do you feel like, do you feel like there is pressure from the administration or pressure from the rugby community that because you're varsity now, you should win? Um, I did the first year. Um, being a new program, I there was a lot of pressure. Um, let it be put on myself or by the administration to have a good showing in our first season. Um, this year, I'm worried about developing kids. Um, I want to make sure we're playing quality competition week in and week out, so they have a chance to develop. Would I like to win every weekend? Yeah. Do I expect to win every weekend? No. Um, I want to put my kids to the test where they're playing at the highest caliber, learning, and playing the game correctly. Uh, we played Lindenwood two weeks ago. We got beat 61-12. to 12. Um, very proud of my kids. I think it was one of the best games they've played all season. Um, again, not making excuses. We're a little younger. Uh, 18, 19-year-old boys are a little bit different than 22-year-old men. Um, within two years when they grow, uh, that'll be a different story. <laughs> I do expect to win at that time when we got a solid foundation underneath us. Do, what about in terms of scheduling? And I know this was a difficulty at Lindenwood, worried about trying to – you know, schedule the right competitions. And we get the scores from Lindenwood. I mean, it's it's a rarity when it's not triple digits. Um, Correct. You, your team also was winning some games, but you were, you weren't in a, you weren't in a league to start off with. Um, so you sort of had to fashion your schedule. Do you, did you find that your team coming up against Lindenwood was, they just, they just didn't know the level that they should be playing at because they hadn't, they hadn't been playing as tough opposition? Um, I, don't know. I don't know if it wasn't that we didn't have a level. I mean, size played a big factor in the game um, and just speed. Um, we hadn't been play, playing maybe at that high of a level. I mean, taking nothing away from Lindenwood, they're a step above us. Uh, they're a very, very good side. But it was a great learning experience. Um, down the road, I do expect to compete with those sides. I mean, I will just looking at knowing Lindenwood and who they have there and knowing a little bit about your setup, a little bit about their setup. I mean, they do have the freedom to go out and basically buy a guy, you know, say, Correct. here's a full ride, you know, and they, they've got some guys that, and they pull a lot of overseas cats too. I mean, they got, you know, a lot of Kiwis on that team, a lot of Islanders on that team. Um, and, and there's some Irish, you know, influence or there has been they had an australian fly up their first year he was in the the brumby setup um it, how do you and everybody does a little bit differently it seems you know kruger van biljohn when i talked to him at davenport he put he takes a lot of pride in obviously they have the south african fly up and jp eloff but with a lot of american roots almost everybody else is from that upper midwest area and and that's what he really wants to drill home and who he wants to bring into the program and and i, I don't know your lineup as well but it doesn't seem like you've gone out and gotten a lot of, uh, you, know, you know, juice Van West Husens and uh, and that sort of thing. Do you, do you feel like your 
that's big to you is finding American kids and developing them that way? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We do have a few imports on the team, but we need to develop American rugby here. And in my opinion, we need to have the American kids playing top-level rugby week in and week um, Nothing wrong if people choose to do otherwise. That's their prerogative. Uh, my philosophy is working with the U-17s in the past, uh, knowing the age-grade coaches, I want to make sure that I can help them by producing quality players to put in their player pools. Um, that's the only way we're going to advance. We get players that are just coming over here, getting the scholarships to education, then going back to their nations. It's not helping build our programs. If we can have American kids go through the systems, get the high-quality training they need, play at that level week in and week out, that's what's going to develop the game in this country, in my opinion. And also, I want to ask, is, is there any, I mean, obviously it's a Jesuit university, as Bruce alluded to, Sacramento, you know, Jesuit, there's all sorts of Jesuit schools all over the country. Do they want you to go get Jesuit kids from Jesuit schools? They would like me, but it's not, I mean, it's not like a requirement. Um, it's an option for the Jesuit kids, especially since um, rugby is so big in the Jesuit high schools. Um, we do talk to them. One thing I'm finding, we do have a few kids from the Jesuit high schools. Um, I expect to have more down the road. A lot of these kids have made their decisions a year or so in advance, so being a new program, we haven't really set that stage for those kids at this time. Um, I'm not required to recruit from those schools, but I do just because it's a natural fit. I mean, Xavier, we have a uh, kid from Xavier. There's a couple kids from Jesuit out in Sacramento that are looking at us very seriously. Talked to quite a few kids at Gonzaga. Um, in McQuaid, but there's not like a requirement for me to go to those schools, but it is a lot of these kids. One thing I'm finding out, uh, a lot of kids from the Catholic, private, Jesuit schools are used to the Jesuit-type education and have a little bit of eager time making that switch from high school to college, where a lot of the public schools and the educational systems, they're basically taught to a test opposed to being educated, and it goes back to our educational system in this country. That's good. Well, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back here with Eric Jerpy, head coach of Wheeling Jesuit University, a new varsity program just a couple of years old. We'll be right back on Rugga Matrix America. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs, whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots. Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. All right, we're right back here on Rugby Matrix America with Eric Jerpy from Wheeling Jesuit University. And uh, we were talking a little bit about just sort of life on campus here. But, um, Eric, uh, I, I know Pat's got a question about your schedule in Rugby East, which is a uh, pretty abbreviated schedule, but still it's there. Yeah, we were um... – we were joking about hunting season, but uh, you may you may play into hunting season this year if things go well into the rugby East schedule with the new American Collegiate Rugby Championship, which is basically a bunch of conferences, uh, seven conferences, um, all east of the Mississippi that are um, playing towards an East Coast championship of sorts in this fall. Um, you know, what's your take on the creation of that league? Were you um, when you when was it something that was on your scope? When you joined Rugby East, was it something that was a deciding factor for you, or, or what was your opinion when it kind of came to roost? 
Well, one reason we joined Rugby East is one of the quality competition. There was Penn State, Kutztown, Delaware, and Army, um, and geographical location, very geographically friendly. The East Coast Championship uh, wasn't really a big factor. Uh, it was something just coming into play when we did join. Um, but uh, I can see the need for it and why people like it. It gives another avenue for competition, uh, make games more meaningful, and things of that nature. Uh, do I hope? We, I hope we do have the problem where we have to make sure the kids are on campus during hunting season. Uh, will that occur? That's yet to be seen. What do you feel, Eric? You've you've worked for USA Rugby. You've worked with USA Rugby. You've worked as a kind of volunteer or on contract with USA Rugby. Um, how how does USA Rugby fit in with Wheeling Jesuits' schedule or Rugby East schedule or your plans, or do they not? I think they do. I mean, I still look at it. The national championship of the U.S. is still the USA Rugby National Championship, so the B division, um, whatever division is, 1A, 1A, whatever you declare yourself to be eligible for. Um, the conference... I think they're just switching models, going from LAUs and CUs to more of a American-type model, let it be basketball, hockey, football, that's more understandable. Um, I still consider the USA Rugby, like I said, the collegiate championships held in uh, late May, still the true national championships. A lot of these other uh, championships that are popping up are just other little competitions to make games more meaningful and have something to play for. Eric, what's your vision for Wheeling Jesuit? Like, where do you see it? What's the vision in terms of fans, alumni? I mean, obviously, alumni is difficult. The West Virginia high school rugby, I don't think there's a whole lot out there. Um uh, Pittsburgh probably can grow a little bit, but what's your vision for Wheeling Jesuit and how you're going to attain that vision based on, you know, cause you're going to have to work with other people. It's not, it's not going to be a little bubble that's in that, in that little school. It's going to, there's going to have to be more to it. I think at least that's from right. my outside look at that, what it seemed like, I'd just be interested to hear that. Yeah, well, my envisionment for the program eventually, um, being a Jesuit institution, I'd like to see somewhere on the lines of St. Mary's, who's done an excellent job, in my opinion. Um, high academic standards, good quality education, and high-level rugby. Um, there's been certain individuals throughout the building of this program that have been extremely beneficial. Uh, Don Farrell from Penn State, Sean O'Leary from Notre Dame. Uh, some of the stuff they've helped, I've known them for years. They've been very um, helpful in suggestions and just even giving us matches the first year when other teams didn't want to play us because we had that varsity label on us. Um, I think it's a work in progress with everything. There's a lot of changes in USA Rugby. Um, I think a lot of things are being experimented with right now so they find direction. But I definitely see it's something that has to be worked on as far as youth rugby around the area. I've been involved in um, a lot with the Pittsburgh programs. There's tremendous room for growth in the Pittsburgh area. And even in the Wheeling area itself, which is basically a suburb, um, rugby there is non-existent. 
Uh, there hasn't been rugby in that area, like I said, for over 20 years, and that game has changed, as we all know, dramatically in that time frame. Um, but there is a lot of interest becoming of it. It's something new. Uh, do do you think there is talk around town about? Do you it? think you can? I mean, you didn't pitch Wheeling Jesuit on going varsity. You came in. You were asked to come in, and coach. Do you feel that Correct. still there's something that can that you have to offer uh, to to help other programs go varsity? Uh, I'm hoping so. Down the line is what I look look at. If we can make this a successful program, show that the benefit to the school both academically and let's face it, everything comes down to the almighty dollar. Other schools may start looking at rugby as an alternative or a sport to bring in where it can say, hey, wait a minute, we are a legitimate sport. Um, get rid of some of those past stereotypes. Uh, that we are, these kids are true athletes working their hardest, not only on the field, but also off the field in the way they conduct themselves and present the sport. Well, Eric Jerpy uh, with Wheeling Jesuit University, we wish you the best of luck and, and good well, good you. luck uh, uh, coaching a team of pretty much all freshmen and sophomores. Um, uh, obviously, you'll you'll get into the four-year cycle eventually, um, and yeah. hopefully um, we'll be seeing good things coming out of Wheeling for a long time. Okay. I appreciate all the help you guys have been. I mean, it's, I really it helps. I mean, it's for a little school that no one even knew of <laughs> two years ago. Uh, the rugby community has actually embraced us, and I have a just. A, I can't thank you guys enough for just even this opportunity and the stuff you've put in on the web and, and every aspect of the PR that you've given us. Well, that's great. Well, keep playing. We'll keep talking about it. Go Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> Go Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Eric. Thank you very much. Warbirds. Thanks so much. Thank you guys. Have a good evening. Thanks. So we want to thank Eric Jerpy for being a great guest for us here on Rugby Matrix America. Don't forget to check out RugbyMag.com for all your rugby news. And also you can subscribe and have a look at Rugby Magazine. Or you can subscribe to Rugby Magazine on your mobile device. Uh, check out Rugby Matrix International on the RugbyMatrix.com website or on the iTunes store where you can also check out Rugby Magazine and Rugby Matrix America. All of that is available to you in just... A few clicks or a few taps or a few swipes. We want to thank Eric Jerpy and on behalf of Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton, this is Alex Goff thanking you for listening to Rugga Matrix America. <laughs> <laughs>